WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio proudly presents the Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell, spiritual advisor to WSFI and pastor of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Therese in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, for another segment of the Marian Hour, I'm Father Dwight Campbell, and if you would join me in an opening prayer for our show, my, my favorite Marian prayer, I think, uh, the Memorare, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Saint Martin of Tours, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <coughs> I'll just say a, a, a few quick words about our saint whose feast we celebrate today, Martin of Tours, um, born in the early to mid-fourth century, son of a, a, a soldier in what would we call modern-day Hungary. Uh, and he was enlisted in the Roman army following his father's footsteps, you could say, at the age of 15. Uh, he became a catechumen in the Catholic Church. And <coughs> at the age of 18, he was serving in France in the Roman military. And he encountered uh, a man one night um, half-naked, freezing in the cold, and Martin took off his cloak with his sword, cut it in half, and gave half to this poor beggar who was freezing, who wrapped it around himself to keep warm. And that night, <coughs> in a dream, Jesus appeared to him and said, that beggar was, was I, the Lord. And uh, St. Martin went on to um, get baptized, and <coughs> uh, he, he saw a conflict, a personal conflict, not that it was, in fact, between uh, being a Christian and, and a soldier. He didn't want to serve in the service anymore in, in, uh, of the Roman army. The emperor threw him in prison for a while. He got out. And uh, he went to Portier, studied under St. Hilary. He was ordained a priest. Then he founded what we think is the first monastery in France. And then he was appointed bishop of Tours after the bishop there died. And he founded another monastery. He did much to build up the church in France. And it's it's kind of uh, an accepted um, fact about St. Martin. He is the first non-martyr to be proclaimed a saint. So we honor this beautiful saint today 
who helped to spread the faith in France. <coughs> so we'll turn now to uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is the Marian hour, so I wish to talk today about um, Mary and how Our Lady forms us in Christ or forms Christ in us with and through the Holy Spirit, okay? I'll just begin by saying that the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit, <coughs> is the sanctifier. And we attribute sanctification, growth and holiness, to sanctify means to make holy. Sanctus, sanctus, sanctus means holy, holy, holy. We attribute the work of sanctification to the Holy Spirit, even though it is the one God who sanctifies all three persons. But the Holy Spirit was sent by the Father and the Son. He came on Pentecost. And <coughs> the Holy Spirit is, is the primary sanctifier of souls. However, the Holy Spirit utilizes his living human instrument, the Blessed Virgin Mary, who is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Mary is called in Catholic spirituality. So the Holy Spirit sanctifies in and through Mary because the grace of Jesus Christ comes to us in and through the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is the mediatrix of all the grace of Christ. I know I've spoken on this topic before. But today I'd like to talk about how Mary actually works in the soul with the Holy Spirit in and through the Holy Spirit to, to, to sanctify us, primarily to form Christ in us. And I'll, I'm going to focus on a few spiritual writers today. The first is St. Louis Marie Grignon de Montfort, uh, the great Marian saint who wrote a number of works the Secret of Mary is one of them. Eternal Wisdom about Jesus Christ is another one of his works. But his most famous work is True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin. And that work by St. Louis was penned by him in the 1700s, but actually at the beginning of uh, the work he speaks of how the work would be lost for many years, <coughs> and it was. It was never published during St. Louis's lifetime, and it was only discovered, um, I think it was the 1830s, maybe even 1840, early 1840s, long after he died, and then it was published. Um, I think the earliest English translation was made by Father um, Frederick Faber. And um, <coughs> St. Louis de Montfort, in his True Devotion to Mary, speaks of how the Blessed Virgin Mary sanctifies souls. And I'll quote from from the True Devotion here, you know, the, if any of you have read the True Devotion, I hope you have because it's a, a marvelous work. Um, 
If you haven't, go pick yourself up a copy. Uh, the, the work is divided into numbers. Okay, they're kind of paragraphs, kind of the way the catechism is divided into numbers. And I'm not sure if St. Louis did this himself or if it was done afterwards. I think he probably did it himself, but here is number 20 of True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin by St. Louis de Montfort. This is what he says. God, the Holy Spirit, who does not produce any divine person, okay, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, is the fruit of their mutual love. The Holy Spirit himself doesn't produce any divine person. The Father and the Son, you could say from all eternity, produce the Holy Spirit through their mutual love. That's why we say the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. So this is what St. Louis means when he says, God the Holy Spirit does not produce any divine person. And he became fruitful through Mary, whom he espoused. St. Louis says, it was with her, in her, and of her, that he produced his great masterpiece, God Made Man, and that he produces every day until the end of the world the members of the body of this adorable head. In other words, God the Holy Spirit formed Christ through Mary, and God the Holy Spirit also continues to become fruitful through Mary by forming the members of Christ's body, okay? He is the head of the mystical body, the church. In number 20, St. Louis de Montfort goes on to say, for this reason, the more the Holy Spirit finds Mary, his dear and inseparable spouse, in a soul, the more powerful and effective he becomes in producing Jesus Christ in that soul and that soul in Jesus Christ. I love this line because I think it is one of the most beautiful lines in the whole of the true devotion and it is so rich and uh, filled with, with great, you could say, spiritual meaning. Okay. Why? Because St. Louis is telling us that the Holy Spirit will uh, produce in a, in a greater way Christ within us the more he finds Mary in us. The more devoted we are to the mother of Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit will form Jesus Christ in us, and he does this in and through the Blessed Virgin Mary. So uh, God the Holy Spirit, as also God the Son, is pleased whenever he sees a Marian soul, a soul devoted to Mary. And like St. Louis says, the more he finds Mary, his inseparable spouse in a soul, the more powerful, effective, the Holy Spirit becomes in producing Christ in that soul. 
So f the goal of the Christian life is, is in this life, this earthly life, is to conform ourselves to Jesus Christ. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will, will mold us, will form us more and more into Christ the more Marian we become. The more he finds Mary in a soul, the more he forms Christ in that soul. So if we want to become more Christ-like, we should become more Marian. What a beautiful thought, huh? And <coughs> in the next number, 21, in the True Devotion, St. Louis continues on this theme. He says, the Holy Spirit chose to make use of the blessed, our Blessed Lady, although he had no absolute need of her, okay, in order to become actively fruitful in producing Christ in his members and in her and by her. What St. Louis is saying here is the truth. God did not have to use the Blessed Virgin Mary as the vehicle by first which for Christ to come to us. You know, he could have had Jesus come down fully grown in, in humanity fashioned by God and you know, taught for three and a half years and then suffered, died on the cross. But he chose to do this through Mary. And likewise, the Holy Spirit, although he has no absolute need of Mary, you know, he can, he can sanctify without Mary, he doesn't. Why? Because Mary is intimately linked with the whole plan of redemption and salvation. She conceived Jesus in her womb. She gave birth to him. She stood at the foot of the cross and associated her suffering and offered herself with Christ in order to redeem us. That's why she is called the co-redemptrix. Not that she redeemed us equally on par with Christ, but that Mary was united with Jesus, offering him in the very act of redemption. It's called the objective redemption. And because of all these things, that Mary is conceiving Jesus, giving birth to him, cooperating in our redemption with Christ crucified on Calvary, the Holy Spirit chose to make Our Lady uh, make use of Our Lady, I should say, to become actively fruitful in producing Christ in his members, in the members of Christ's mystical body, the Church. So the Holy Spirit uses the Blessed Virgin Mary to sanctify and to form Christ in us. St. Louis goes on to say in the same paragraph, 21, this is a mystery of grace unknown even to many of the most learned and spiritual Christians. I wonder how many of you out there who are listening right now have heard this beautiful truth that the Holy Spirit 
sanctifies and forms Christ becomes fruitful in souls only in and through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Many people do not know this, and that's why I'm saying it here on the air today. Quoting St. Louis, who's passing on what, what was taught in the tradition, okay? This is in part the meaning of Mary's spiritual motherhood and her motherhood in the order of grace, as the Second Vatican Council termed it. This is also in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'll quote that in just a few minutes, okay? So, number 31, St. Louis de Montfort's True Devotion, he says, God the Son wishes to form himself and, in a manner of speaking, become incarnate every day in his members through his dear mother. So Jesus desires to, 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 you could say, incarnate himself, to form himself in the members of his body, that is, in the baptized, okay, through his dear mother. So this is a work of the Holy Spirit, sanctification, and, and Christ who is forming himself in his members. He does this through his dear mother, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the very next paragraph in True Devotion, number 32, um, speaks on this term as well. If Jesus Christ, the head of mankind, is born of her, which he was, we know that, Mary conceived and gave birth to Jesus, then the predestinate, who are members of this head, must also, as a necessary consequence, be born of her. And he goes on to say, one and the same mother does not give birth to the head without the members, nor to the members without the head. Okay, we're going to take a break right now for just a couple of minutes and return shortly. I'm Father James Kubicki, the U.S. Director of the Apostleship of Prayer, and I ask you to support Catholic Radio in your area because Catholic Radio is the way that we can get the word out today. It's Catholic evangelization at its best, and I've heard conversion stories all over the place because of people who have tuned in as they're driving or in their homes, listening to Catholic Radio by accident, and the Lord touching their hearts through the message they heard. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 
88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois, 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. The Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is blessed with the opportunity to participate with WSFI Catholic Radio in the new evangelization. Holy Family is your local resource for books, CDs, and DVDs from Catholic Answers, Ignatius Press, and all of the other fine publishers featured on Catholic Radio. Holy Family also has the area's largest selection of baptism, communion, and confirmation gifts. Holy Family Catholic Bookstore is located at 9249 Old Green Bay Road, Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin. More information is available on Facebook. Hi, this is Father Dwight Campbell returning for the second segment of the Marian Hour today on this Feast of St. Martin of Tours. And today I'm talking about how the Blessed Virgin Mary um, forms Christ in us. Actually, how the Holy Spirit uses Mary and Jesus Christ as well in forming Jesus Christ in us, who are the members of Christ's mystical body, of which he is the head. In case you're just joining us, I was quoting from the great work, maybe the, the greatest work ever written on the Blessed Virgin Mary by St. Louis de Montfort, True Devotion to the Blessed Virgin, where St. Louis takes up this theme of how the Holy Spirit works in and through the Blessed Virgin Mary in forming Christ in souls, okay? And I left off quoting from number 32 in the True Devotion. If you've read the True Devotion, I hope everyone out there has. If you haven't, get a copy, read it, and do his consecration to the Virgin Mary or to Jesus through Mary. Number 32 in the True Devotion says this, if Jesus, the head of mankind, is, is born of her, he was, we know that, okay, Mary conceived, Jesus gave birth to him on Christmas Day, okay. well then the, the predestinate, who are members of this head, must also as a necessary consequence, be born of her, that is, through a spiritual birth. And, you know, we can call ourselves predestinate in, in the Catholic sense, not in the Calvinistic sense. Calvin, uh, from the Catholic viewpoint, uh, really believed in what we would call double predestination. Um, we believe, as Catholics, that God knows the future. He knows where everyone else, pardon me, wh where everyone is going to end up, in heaven or hell. God knows this. We, we are, in this sense, predestined because God knows the past, present, and future. That doesn't take away our free will, however. This is a mystery. Okay. But Calvin, John Calvin, he put forth this idea of what, as Catholics, we call double predestination. In other words, not only does God know where we're going to end up, but we have no choice 
in where we end up. We don't have a free will. God predestines us to either heaven or hell, and, and we have no choice about it. Well, that makes God a monster, predestining some people for eternal suffering in hell. So when St. Louis speaks of those predestined, members of the head, he's using that term in its, in its Catholic understanding, okay? So, because Christ was born of her, we must be born of her as well. And <coughs> St. Louis goes on to say, one and the same mother does not give birth to the head without the members, or to the members without the head. For these would be monsters in the order of nature. Think about this. If, you, if a woman gave birth to just a head without the rest of the body, or, or just the body and no head, okay, well, this would, be, this would be a monster in the sense that, you know, this, this is a deformed creature, okay? Well, he says in the order of grace, the same is true. The head and the members, that is Jesus Christ, and all the baptized, the members, are born of the same mother. And that is the Virgin Mary. And... Continuing on this theme, number 33 in the True Devotion, here's what St. Louis says. Jesus is still, as much as ever, the fruit of Mary. As heaven and earth repeats thousands of times a day, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Okay, Jesus is still the fruit of Mary in heaven. He's still Mary's son in the kingdom. And... Uh, I'll just add a little anecdote here. Um, one of the saints, I can't recall who it is. It might be St. Teresa of Avila, but I'm not sure. Um, a saint, it was a woman saint, that's all I can recall, uh, went to Jesus in prayer and was asking for the conversion of a sinner and the saint was praying for the sinner, making, doing penance, making sacrifices, and she was communicating um, in, a, in a mystical way with Jesus. And she asked Jesus, will you please convert this sinner? And Jesus said, no, I will not. And the saint kept you know, asking, insisting, well, please, you know, what else do I have to do? And Jesus said, no, I will not. And so finally, the saint said, well, then I will have to ask your mother. To which Jesus responded, well, in that case, I cannot refuse you. Okay. In other words, Jesus can't refuse <laughs> his mother if she requests something of him, just like... At the wedding at Cana, you know, they have no wine. Jesus at first says, well, what is, what is this between you and I, woman? My hour is not yet come, and yet Jesus does it. He, he grants the request of Mary, and he makes 
water into wine. So, um, Jesus is still the fruit of Mary in heaven. He is still her son, will be for eternity. And St. Louis goes on to say, It is therefore certain that Jesus is the fruit and the gift of Mary for every single man who possesses him. Consequently, if any of the faithful have Jesus formed in their heart, they can boldly say, it is thanks to Mary that what I possess is Jesus, her fruit. Without her, I would not have him. So, um, if any of us can say, you know, I have, you know, the life of Christ in me, uh, it is due to Mary, and we must give thanks to Mary for this, because she was instrumental in bringing Christ to us, in bringing his life to us, that his grace, and as St. Louis will go on, I'll be explaining more deep, more fully, okay, forming Christ in us. St. Louis goes on to say in number 33 in the True Devotion, it is thanks to Mary that what I possess is Jesus or fruit. Without her, I would not have him. We can attribute, says St. Louis, more truly to her what St. Paul said of himself. And here, St. Louis quotes St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians, where St. Paul says, I am in labor again with all the children until Christ be formed in them. Okay. Why could St. Paul say this? Because Christ, pardon me, because through his preaching, St. Paul's preaching, he brought Christ to them. So, in other words, Christ was, was conceived and born in them through the preaching of Paul, through the preaching of the good news of the gospel. And what St. Louis says here is that, well, if St. Paul can say this, that I am in labor until Christ be formed in these, in these members to whom I have preached, all the more can we say this of the Blessed Virgin Mary, because she is the mediatrix of all the grace of Christ and our spiritual mother in the order of grace. How do we know she's our spiritual mother? Well, uh, we have you know incontestable proof of this on Calvary when you know Jesus turns to his mother and says, "Woman, behold your son," referring to John, and then to John, "Behold your mother." Jesus is confirming that. Mary is our spiritual mother in the order of grace. And other saints have, have said this too, um, looking at St. Paul's line, that I labor until Christ be formed in them. St. Augustine, for example, affirmed that in order to be conformed to the image of the Son of God, all the predestinate while in the world are hidden in the womb of the Blessed Virgin, where they are protected, nourished, cared for, and developed by his good mother until the day she brings them forth 
to a life of glory after death. Okay. In other words, in our whole earthly life, from the first reception of the grace of Christ at baptism, where we begin our formation in Christ, until our death, okay, and um, until our, our glory in heaven, Mary is forming Christ in us. And St. Louis goes on to say in the same paragraph 33, this is indeed a mystery of grace unknown to the reprobate, I mean the, the reprobate meaning unbelievers, those who refuse to believe, okay, of course they don't know this, and little known even to the predestinate. In other words, those who are baptized members of Christ's body. They don't realize this beautiful truth that Mary has formed Christ in them and continues to do so, will continue to do so until, until they die okay? and attain that eternal glory in heaven. That's our hope when we die. So that's number 33 in the True Devotion. And from here, I'm, I'm going to quote from the Second Vatican Council, okay? Because uh, this isn't just the teaching of St. Louis de Montfort. This is the teaching of the Second Vatican Council, which is quoted in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, okay? I will quote the Catechism of the Catholic Church right now, number 501. <clears throat> quote Jesus is Mary's only son but her spiritual motherhood extends to all men whom indeed he came to save and then the catechism number 501 quotes from the second Vatican Council document Lumen Gentium that's the constitution the Sacred Constitution on the Church. Chapter 8 of Lumen Gentium, the Constitution on the Church, is on the Blessed Virgin Mary. And Lumen Gentium number 63, which is quoted in the Catechism number 501, says this, listen to this, okay? The Son whom Mary brought forth is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren, that is, the faithful, in whose generation and formation she cooperates with a mother's love. Now, um, what is the church teaching here? The Second Vatican Council Fathers that just as Mary brought forth the Son, the firstborn of many brethren, okay, Jesus is called our brother. He's the firstborn of Mary. Okay. We are all spiritual children of Mary. Okay. So just as Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren from Mary, the faithful 
in whose generation and formation Mary cooperates with a mother's love, are are generated, formed by Mary. Okay. So Mary generates Christ in us and forms Christ in us. And uh, actually, the original Latin, you could instead of formation. Another translation is education. Mary forms and educates us. That's what a good mother does. A mother uh, conceives, gives birth, and she doesn't leave her child. She, she forms, she educates her children, and that's primarily an education in love. Well, this is what Mary does with us. And... Um, I'll, I'll proceed now. Well, I'll just say this on, on that note. I don't think most Catholics have ever heard of what I've just said, what the Second Vatican Council teaches, okay, this beautiful, beautiful teaching. Um, I'll just, I'll quote it once again. The son whom Mary brought forth is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren, that is the faithful, in whose generation and formation or education Mary cooperates with a mother's love. Just a, a beautiful teaching that that St. Louis said, you know, this is a truth unknown <laughs> to to most people. That was a few hundred years ago. It's still true today. Okay. St. Louis was writing these words in the in the early centuries, or pardon me, the early decades of the, uh, the 1700s, this is true today. Most people do not know this, have no idea that Mary is, is the instrument that the Holy Spirit uses to form Christ in us. So, so very important, okay? And... Uh, We'll uh, look at now the next number, 34, from the True Devotion to Mary. St. Louis goes on to say, God the Holy Spirit wishes to fashion his chosen ones in and through Mary. He tells her, reproduce yourself then, in my chosen ones, so that I may have the joy of seeing in them the roots of your invincible faith, profound humility, total mortification, sublime prayer, ardent charity, firm hope, and all your virtues. Okay. We'll take a break right now. We'll get back to our Marian hour shortly.
Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. Listen at 7 o'clock p.m. every Tuesday to WSFI Spotlight, a half-hour conversation with outstanding Catholics from our community and around the world. WSFI Spotlight re-airs on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. or listen on demand anytime by subscribing to our podcast. Visit WSFIRadio.org for more information. It's WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Only on WSFI Catholic Radio, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Okay, this is Father Dwight Campbell back with the third segment of the Marian Hour on this day, November 11th, Veterans Day. I forgot to mention that it is Veterans Day. It's also the Feast of St. Martin of Tours. It's kind of fitting that Veterans Day would be on the Feast of St. Martin of Tours, who was a soldier and became a saint. So if you're just joining us, I'm talking today about how the Holy Spirit works in and through the Blessed Virgin Mary in forming Christ in souls. And uh, if you're just joining us, I'll, I'll repeat what I quoted from the Second Vatican Council, this beautiful, mystical, uh, deep teaching okay, that summarizes kind of all of what I've said in the previous segments. This is from the Second Vatican Council, the Dogmatic Constitution on the Church, Lumen Gentium, Chapter 8, which is on the Virgin Mary, number 63, which is quoted in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 501. This is what it says, okay? The Son, whom Mary brought forth, that is Jesus, is he whom God placed as the firstborn among many brethren, that is, the faithful, in whose generation and formation Mary cooperates with a mother's love. So in this profound teaching, we learn that it is Mary who cooperates in the generation, the bringing you can say conceiving and, and bringing forth and then forming and educating us in Christ. Okay. This is St. Louis de Montfort's teaching and this is the teaching of the Second Vatican Council and the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I asked at the end of the last segment how many Catholics know this? I don't think many Catholics realize this. This uh, deep, profound truth about Mary and her place uh, as our spiritual mother in forming Christ, bringing to birth the life of Christ in us, and then uh, forming and educating us in Christ. St. Louis de Montfort goes on to say that uh, the Holy Spirit tells Mary, Reproduce yourself, Mary, 
in my chosen ones, so that I may see in them your invincible faith, your profound humility, your total mortification, your sublime prayer, your ardent charity, your firm hope, all your virtues. And <coughs> may your faith give, give me, believers, the elect who are living temples. Okay. Now, what St. Louis is saying here, putting these words on the lips of the Holy Spirit, is that uh, he's referring back to what I quoted earlier. The more the Holy Spirit finds Mary in a soul, the more deeply and profoundly he forms Christ in them. So the more we adopt for ourselves Mary's virtues, for example, her invincible faith, her profound humility, her total mortification, all her virtues, the more the Holy Spirit will form Christ in us and the more we will be living temples of, of the Holy Spirit. This is called the divine indwelling. God dwells in us. And that, that indwelling, that, that uh, God dwelling in us, can, can deepen and increase and become more, um, more fruitful with and through the, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we'll do so the more we, we conform ourselves to Mary and her virtues, because she will form Christ in us, because her virtues are his. I'll just ask Angela. She's sitting in on this segment, OK? Have you ever heard that teaching that what I just quoted from the Second Vatican Council, that, um, that it is Mary who forms uh, who, who generates Christ in us and who forms and educates, educates us in Christ. Yes, of yeah. course, yes. Okay. And even the, um, is it, it was Louis Marie de Montfort, but I think Pope John Paul II used to ask, she, he had a prayer that asked Our Lady to birth Jesus in him. Okay, yes. It was beautiful. Yes. Well, he was <laughs> a fan of St. Louis de Montfort's, okay? Oh, he, oh it's he, the same tree. Well, he used to, in fact, John Paul II carried the true devotion to Mary with him all the time. It was kind of a his pocketbook. He had it with him um, always on a daily basis. He, he referred to it. And so... Um, the Holy Spirit wants to fashion his chosen ones in and through Mary. And number 35 in the True Devotion, St. Louis goes on to say this, when Mary has taken root in a soul, she produces wonders of grace which only she can produce. For she alone is the fruitful virgin who never had, never will, have an equal in purity and fruitfulness. Together with the Holy Spirit, Mary produced the greatest thing that ever was or ever will be. What was that? Jesus. Jesus, the God-man. That's what St. Louis says, yes. He goes on to say, she will consequently produce the marvels which will be seen in the latter times. 
the formation and education of the great saints who will come at the end of the world is reserved to her. I always, that sends chills down my spine every time I read that, okay, because I think, you know, people speculate, are we living in the end times? Could we be? Yes, I think we could very well be living in the latter days, okay? Uh, things don't always play out as, as quickly as we may think, but, uh, you know, there are, there are signs that the world isn't becoming any better. It's, it's uh, devolving more and more into, into a, uh, you know, an, an anti-Christian, um, anti-culture, you could say. And, um, well, in the latter days, the latter times, uh, Mary is going to form the greatest saints, form and educate them to do battle, because we're going to be in battle. Uh, St. Paul says we're in spiritual warfare all the time with not just flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. But, you know, we're going to be uh, in, we are in spiritual battle right now. Our, our culture, there's a culture war going on. If you, if you don't realize this, wake up and smell the gunpowder, I like <laughs> to say, okay. Um, and uh, things can, can get, can grow much worse much more quickly. So, Father, I have two things in yes. response to that. Um, one is when you were talking about Louis Marie de Montfort, I think it was Louis Marie de Montfort that had the paper about the end times and the greatest saints yes. will rise up. He said would be the heel of Mary. He called us Mary's heel. Yes. And now you always talk about head crushes. Oh, yes. Well, this is, we would, would be her, her heel, instruments. Her heel, yes. Yeah, would yes. To crush his head. And then when you were just mentioning about the culture war, we had um, someone from America Needs Fatima here yesterday or the day before, and he was doing a talk about the revolutions. And he said, you know, there's five revolutions. The first one, of course, was the um, Reformation. Reform revolution, he means it's a revolution against the Catholic Church and Catholic teaching. They okay. want to undo Catholic teaching. But anyway, he said the first one was the Protestant Reformation. The second one was the French Revolution. The third one was the Russian Revolution. The fourth one was the Cultural Revolution. And he said the fifth revolution, the final revolution, is when we're forced to bow down and worship Satan. Okay, well... And when you were just talking about that with the culture war... And what's going on? It sounds like we're crossing the line from the fourth to that, to that fifth, where we're being forced to say things that we don't want to, we don't believe in. Yeah, we, uh, this we don't. It could very well be that that we're entering into this this final revolution, um, and well, and beca because actually, I, I every Wednesday morning I have a six a.m. men's Bible study. Oh, uh, I've been doing it on Zoom lately because, well, with the COVID thing, and then uh, one of the gentlemen in the in the group um, has uh, has uh, some cancer he's fighting, and would rather he's immune sensitive, and so I've been continuing to do it um, by by Zoom, and you know I, we go over the. the upcoming Sunday readings and and the upcoming reading for the Sunday is first Thessalonians where Paul is talking about you know the the uh, end times the latter days and and in both of his epistles he speaks of you know this man especially in the second epistle to the Thessalonians speaks of um, um, the man of perdition because the Thessalonians back then were thinking oh 
Christ is coming again, you know, just around the corner. And he was saying, no, because what did I tell you? Remember, I told you that before Christ comes again, the man of perdition has to come first. Who that is who? Well, the man of perdition is the Antichrist. The Antichrist, okay. Yes. Who will make himself out to be like God and demand worship of himself. So I think this is what uh, is, is referenced to this fifth revolution where we will be, um, you know, our, our arms will be twisted and, and maybe we'll be boiled in oil or, or have to suffer or whatever it, it may be if we don't worship, you know, this this false Christ, the, the, the final antichrist. There have been many antichrists throughout history. Arius was an antichrist. He denied that Jesus was truly the Son of God. Muhammad was an antichrist because he denied that Jesus was truly the Son of God. St. John in his first epistle says, he who denies the Father and the Son is the Antichrist. That's precisely what Arius and Muhammad did. He who denies that Jesus is the Messiah is the Antichrist. This is what Arius and Muhammad did. And <coughs> this is what the final Antichrist will do. And uh, there's, uh, as long as I'm, I'm talking on this topic, I'll, I'll go into a little um, segue into to something I talked about this morning with with uh, the, the gentleman my my 6 a.m. men's Bible study <coughs> the best book on the subject novel is the Lord of the world it's by Monsignor Hugh Benson the Lord of the world he wrote it over a hundred years ago I think it, it was he published it in 1906 or 1908 <coughs> Monsignor U. Benson was a convert to the faith from Anglicanism. And The Lord of the World is a novel. Um, uh, Mr., I forget his first name, Felsenberg. And he, this, this individual, uh, comes on the world scene as Monsignor U. Benson paints the picture with the major parts of the world the Americas, Europe, and the Far East about to go to war with each other. And this man of peace steps forward and, you know, everyone uh, praises him and bestows upon him total political power and the economic power. And it's not long after that that <laughs> he demands uh, religious power and religious worship of himself. And so the, the, the novel, The Lord of the World, is, is very apropos. In fact, uh, one of the editions I had, Roman Catholic Books, publishes it. And uh, the, one of the editions I had, there was a foreword written by Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, wow. who said that you know, th the things that are described here are very timely you know, for, for our times right now. Monsignor U. Benson, Benson was very, um, you know, far-sighted. The things he was describing back then of what the future would be, it's all, you know, you could say, come about. Um, in the novel, there are people who go to dying centers that are sick of living so they can just euthanize themselves, okay? Yep. And, you know, we see this happening. Uh, 
yeah, the Lord of the World, you can you, you have it up on the screen there now. Uh, and so it's in paperback. Okay, I, I have the hardbound covers. But, but look I've at that price. Uh, well, it's in yen. actually, well, no, actually, you can get it from Roman Catholic Books. Roman really? Catholic Books, yeah. If you if you order it from them, they have copies of it, I'm sure. Uh, Roman Catholic Books, and it's a it's a marvelous novel. And um, you know, there's in in the context of the novel, I'm not going to give everything away, but uh, the the last pope. Uh, fights against the Antichrist. And the last pope is Peter II, you see. Wow. Yeah. So, and he's 33 years of age when he becomes pope, a young pope. So, uh, uh, you know, of course on Google you, you specifically query Roman Catholic books, Lord of the World, but that's not the one everyone else in their brother comes up before they're going to tell us uh, Roman Catholic books. But I will order it, Father. That sounds fascinating. Yes, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, Dover uh, Thrift Books. Yeah, a great novel. And I don't know if Roman Catholic books is still publishing or not. I'm not sure, uh, but um, I know they've. I know they're still publishing, you know, materials. And uh, if you look at Roman Catholic books. If you Google Roman Catholic books, I did. Okay, didn't give you Roman Catholic. It's like if I Google Father Dwight Campbell, I'm not going to get you. I'm going to get everybody else. Well, just no, just. But yeah, look at if you if you if you typed in publisher Roman Catholic books, I think you might get it. Okay, Roman Catholic books, just Roman Catholic books alone. Okay, publisher, yeah, publisher, and. Um, uh, Book publishing services, you know, I uh, there it is. That's it. Roman Catholic Books, the second one. I think that's it. Books for Catholics. Well, I don't know if no. that's it or not. No. Yeah, that's it. that's Roman Catholic Books. There we go. Yeah, and if you did a search on there for for the Lord of the World, um, we should be there. Yeah, do a search on that for the Lord of the World. Okay. Six results, okay. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure if it's, is it up there or not? No, but we'll find it, Father. I know we're coming into the top of the hour, yes. but I, w I will definitely order it. We have that resource on our. So what a beautiful show. Is there a closing prayer or blessing, Father? We have well, about two uh, minutes uh, left. Yeah, I'm going to say one more thing here. This is number 36 of Louis de Montfort's True Devotion. He says this, When the Holy Spirit... Mary's spouse finds Mary in a soul, he hastens there and enters fully into it. So, if we want the Holy Spirit to more deeply dwell in us, and we want the Holy Spirit to form Christ in us, become more Marian. Let's end with a prayer. We fly to thy patronage, O Holy Mother of God, despise not my prayers our prayers and our necessities, whatever deliver us from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin, and may Almighty God bless you through the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Until next time. God bless. You have been listening to The Marian Hour with Father Dwight Campbell. For a free copy of this recording, please visit us at WSFIPodbean.com.